0: You are listening to the white-collar, billion-dollar, big-baller, bougie brawler, the one and only Swole Flake of Snowflake Mountain on Netflix. And now on Perched on the Top Rope, how are we doing? The following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former Dirt Sheet writer from Sportskeeda, Daily DDT, Ringside News, the one I don't really like to admit much, uh, the sportster, the richest, you name it, I've written there. I am Lee Walker, and as you heard from that great opener today, I have Randy Wentworth with us today. How you doing today, my man? I
0: am fantastic, and fun little uh, tidbit, when I was in college and I was still dipping my toes in, do I want to be a wrestler or not? I actually... Wrote a couple uh, articles for Ringside News. Okay, no kidding. It was before Ringside News became what Ringside News is in the wrestling world today. I'll tell
1: you. (laughs) Well, you know, when the bougie brawler comes calling, you got to dress to impress. So I had to put the sports jacket on, ladies. And we're sitting here at the Hasbro Bar. We're about to have a good time, Randy. My fans actually really don't know this because I don't talk about it with them. I had been on MTV True Life. So the reality reality TV and the wrestling here, fans are in for a, a good show today. When it came to Snowflake Mountain, how, how did you get on the show? Was it something you had to apply for? Was, how did all this happen? Yeah,
0: so I was applying to a few uh, reality shows to try to get my name out there. None of them came to like anything, and then like on Facebook, I saw an ad. It was like kid adults, like eighteen to twenty five, still living at home with their parents, but feel like they're destined for more. I was like, "Oh, that's me." I dropped out of college to become a pro wrestler, live with my parents, think I can be doing more. My parents think I can be doing more. I was like, "All right, let me apply." They got back to me like the next day, and they're like, "Cool, we think you're awesome, but we need to talk to your parents first. And I was like, "The show's supposed to be about me. I don't understand." Well, I need to talk to my parents.
1: Right now, um, you had brought up on, on your YouTube page, uh, YouTube.com, Randy Wentworth, ladies and gentlemen, go. go check yeah. it out. Uh, you had done a Q and A, and a lot of the the more common questions that that I had expected, and that was one question that I didn't see pop up on there that fans I didn't think to ask. So that was something I was I was really curious with. Cause like for me, when I did MTV true life, I had, to, it was basically the same thing. Um, there was like a reality casting website and there was all these different mm-hmm. things. And I just went down the line, like one by one, pitched the stories and there it was. And so it, it's always interesting for me to see how other shows are doing it as well.
0: Yeah. They, and, um they didn't put like on the, flyer for like the ad not the flyer but like the online ad they didn't put like snowflake mountain looking for spoiled kids it was a show called living your best life Mm -hmm. for kid for um like kid adults looking for um a way to like greater their potential or something like that and go up to a great vacation place and it was very much not that
1: yeah well you you had said in your q a that um it was out in like the UK where, mm-hmm. where the, the campsite was and everything and, and that you guys uh, did not know that you guys thought you were going to this lavish, you know, retreat type deal. I'm not going to lie. I thought the camp looked really neat and stuff and I thought it had some really like neat views and everything. But then you kind of hit that you guys filmed last year in the fact that it was pretty cold out.
0: Yeah, honestly, that's what, like, pretty much all of the cast says. Like, this is, like, a beautiful place. Like, we could really enjoy it, except for the fact that it's just, like, blistering winds nonstop. Like, maybe from, like, the 30s to 50-ish range probably most of the time. And then at nights, it gets a lot colder. So, like, if it was, like, summertime, yeah, it would be, like, really – which, funny enough, it was summertime there. So, I honestly, like I think it was cuz it was such high elevation up there. It caught all the winds which made it super cold. Yeah. But um yeah, like if the weather was like maybe 20 30 degrees hotter, I feel like it would
1: have been a lot easier then. All right. Now, when the show came out on Netflix and you and you watched it, did do you think they portrayed you in the right way? Did you like how how it came out?
0: Uh, it was when I was watching it, I was like, all right, that's cool. Everyone's getting their, like, arc. Like, they're, like, they're growing this way. So that was, like, storyline A. And then I was like, oh, I'm storyline B. I'm the comic relief character that, um, like, gets, like, hung up in the tree. That, um, that goes and takes a crap on the side of a mountain. That gets rejected in the hot. That was like, those are my high points that you want to show. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll be the one that like you can laugh at a little bit and everyone else can have their arcs. But um it did not come out the way I expected it to for the most part, but um everything that they did show, I was like, those were like the like crucial parts of when I was there. So I, I get why they showed that.
1: Okay. Um now you brought up, you know, you know, while looking up, you know, the show and stuff like that. Were you already training? to be a pro wrestler before the show?
0: Yeah, there's like a lot of misconceptions. I'll get like a lot of DMs being like, oh, that's so cool that you followed through with becoming a wrestler after the show. Like I was already, like I started training in 2018. Like I was already, and um, I think like right before the pandemic started, that's when I started doing matches on the indies and then the pandemic hit. So I like to say I started my indie career like right when shows started opening up again. But um, yeah, so I was like just on the come up um, as I was on the show, but I guess they kind of portrayed. They didn't talk about it much, but they kind of made it seem like okay, now he's pursuing the pro wrestling thing after the show. But I've yeah. always been trying to be a pro wrestler.
1: Okay, okay. Um, I, yeah, because the way they the way they portrayed it at the end, like everybody going through what they're doing now and stuff, uh, intrigued me. And then you know, again going back to your you know your YouTube page. You got a you got a singles match on there. You got some uh, tag team matches on there. When when it came to the the training, where where were you training at? And as a kid, watching wrestling, uh, who inspired you as wrestlers back then?
0: Uh, so I ended up training at Team Three D. So it's in Florida, like the Orlando area. Mm-hmm. Dudley's run it. But it was during a time where like Bubba was doing his ring of honor thing. So he was up north and then Devon was like in a backstage role at WWE. So he wasn't there all that often. So like Serpentico was pretty much like my main trainer there. And then later on, Devon started coming around more often. So I'd say like Serpentico and Devon were like the main trainer. So I got a little bit of the old school. This is what works when you're at the top. And then I got the, this is how you make it in the indie market with serpentigo so it was a good mesh of like both worlds and then like as far as like a lot of people laugh at this but the people that inspired me to be a wrestler that i grew up watching that i grew up loving um really one person it's the Miz. the Miz was and still is my favorite all time will be the goat
1: and another reality star yeah
0: that's um he's the one that kind of like like i saw his path i was like that seems like a difficult path because back when he was on MTV, like you look down on reality TV star. Now it feels like anyone on reality TV is becoming an influencer. It's not frowned upon anymore. So I'm like, Oh, I could try to take that path. And I did like, as soon as I turned 21, I applied to like every reality show. And like I got through like two or three stages of casting and then I kind of gave up on it. And then all of a sudden this one just came out of nowhere. And I was like, huh, I tried for so long and couldn't do it. This one just happened to pop up and I get on. So I guess it was just meant to be.
1: Awesome. Um. Yeah. And you know, there, there's another one out there that a lot of people don't really know about, but uh, I interviewed Tony Atlas and he mm-hmm. did MTV true life too. Really? So I, yeah. He, he did an episode. It was about um him working more as like a, producer with an indie show and it like showed him in his apartment at one random point and he and the man like hid money up like hid money all over his apartment but couldn't remember where he hid money so he was going around like looking for the money and then he was doing a bare knuckle punching with i believe it was a woman and they're both just sitting in a chair i mean they're just just like this clocking each other and you know she comes out and she's got a huge welt under her eye he's already like swelling and everything but it, it showed him wow. as as a producer and not so much as a wrestler though Yeah, producing cool indie shows and stuff it was really it was really neat and like i said the Miz, most successful like reality person to come in through you know into pro wrestling and you know, we've also seen like WWE do stuff too with reality stars, right? Right side of it, like Snooki and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think realistically, you know, reality stars in their in their I don't want to say in their own right uh, become more of a celebrity than I feel like celebrities for like movies and stuff at at, at points.
0: It feels like we're starting to come to an age where like being an online celebrity is more important to like than like being like a movie celebrity type. Like yeah. for instance, with what WWE is doing with Logan Paul, the dude, yeah. maybe he did like one like terrible movie, but he's not an actor. He's not a celebrity for anything. He's just a YouTube guy. And yeah. he's like a bigger draw for them, for the younger crowd than just like, um, like a B list celebrity that's been in movies or whatever that's promoting their show or whatever. So it's a very odd change of pace in how fame
1: comes by now. Yeah, it, it, there's all different uh, pathways now for it. Right. You know, it's, you know live streaming and, and with Twitch and uh, mm. you know, with the YouTube and, and all these other different pathways to get to that level. But, you know, you talked about training at uh, Team 3D. Was that your first choice of school? Did you look at other wrestling schools that were in your area? Yeah, so um it's a
0: funny story of how I ended up there was. I was worried uh, about my, what my parents would think about being a pro wrestler because I was going I was in a pre-med program, like all A's in college, and I just wanted to straight up drop out and be a wrestler. But at that point, I was like worried about what my parents would think and stuff, so I was going to try to go to wrestling school on the side without telling them so I looked up schools near my campus and there was one I believe it was Tugboat school and he had a he had like a secondary trainer there that was there every day and I met up with him and I met up with him I was like hey I want to do this and he's like cool bring your knee pads bring your shoes I'll see you Monday we can get started i was like all right bet and I went back to my dorm and then over the weekend there was a hurricane that completely wiped away the school so the only school that i had as an option to um to train at while i was there just completely got wiped out so i was like all right now i have no choice but to tell my parents about it because i'm not just gonna be like all right well i'm just gonna go to school then so i told my parents about what i wanted to do and they were like all right like if you're, you're serious about this move back home and like go to one of the best schools we'll look up the best schools and sure enough we saw 3D was near us, and we're like, "All right, this is the best one." I'm not just gonna go to one because it's near us. I'm going to the best one. I'm going to 3D, and it was kind of weird how that all came about.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really really interesting story. And I mean, you picked you picked the hell of a school. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, you've got Devon with the tie into WWE that can that can lead into extra work, you right. know. Especially like when they're in the area, like for me in New York, when they come in the area, you know, for to have like extras or uh, a talent enhancement style style match, uh, you know, when when you know that they're in the area, email WWE, right? That's what guys do they email and say, hey, you know, I've done this, 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 here's everything you need you know, I've got I've had friends on AW Dark and Dark Elevation and, and things mm-hmm. to that nature. So, yeah, no, that's that's inc- that's a great story. And uh, I didn't know that Fred Ottman had a wrestling school. I had no idea. Yeah. I believe it was his. It was when I was like, like, I didn't look into the school at,
0: at all. I was just like wrestling school near me. OK, I'm going. And that was it. And I just I believe it was his school. I'm not positive. Don't hold me to that. That's okay. just the name that keeps sticking in my head. Um, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'll have now, to go back and do some research now that I told that story. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that um, you 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 had brought up the Miz being your, you know, a guy that you'd looked up to, you know, back then and everything and watched and you know, seemingly really following in those footsteps, when it comes to your in-ring move set, and everything who do you who who do you draw inspiration from there uh so the
0: funny thing is as a kid when i wanted to be a wrestler i wanted my moves to be like um randy savage and randy orton because they were randy um i don't have the build like either of those guys but randy orton is so slick in the ring i really watch what he does and i try to like draw inspiration from the way he moves in the ring so i would say randy orton christian Again, The Miz, I try to take, like, pretty much steal everything The Miz does and try to make it my own. But Randy Orton and Christian are probably the guys I really look to um, move-wise, work-wise, to uh, try to get stuff down in the ring.
1: Okay. And for all intents purposes, you know, there's a lot of wrestling companies out there from MLW, Impact, AEW, WWE, New Japan, Pro Wrestling... Uh, You even got, like, you know, your NXT and and things to that nature. Is there a second goal that you have where you would like to go as a professional Uh, wrestler? I mean, obviously,
0: whoever presents an opportunity, that's either the best or quickest. Uh, I'm going to jump on it. But I'm really excited. uh, I want to travel, and I also want to go to the biggest promotions. And I don't want to set any limits on myself. I don't want to be, like, Because, like I said, The Miz is my biggest inspiration if we want to get into AEW storyline talk. Like, I consider myself more a sports entertainer than pro wrestler if you want to go down that route. But I also don't think that limits your options. I think if you go to a very pro wrestling style based company, like an AEW, like uh, New Japan, and you become this big character, this big sports entertainer, that's going to set you apart and that's going to be something different that can draw attention to the show that the show could use. So I don't want to set any limits on myself, but also I think the main goal is get on the biggest stage possible. So I'd say main goal, WrestleMania. Okay. Until someone, until someone puts on, um, on a global scale, a bigger show, I'd say that's the main goal It's just get on front of the biggest crowd in front of the most people possible.
1: Okay. Now, I know this next question, I'm probably going to hear The Miz's name. (laughs) So, uh, do you have a list of, like, top independent wrestlers you want to work with? And do you have a list of top talents in companies I had mentioned that you would like to work with?
0: Uh, I would say, so, there were two people on my list that I was able to cross off. Um the other weekend, which was great. It was um Lindsay Dorado and Rios de la Sangre. Those are two guys that have kind of especially recently have helped um train me and to be able to finally wrestle them. That was big for me. So those two were on the list. I guess I can cross them off now. I faced them in a tag match the other weekend. But um again, I mentioned Serpentico as my trainer. I really want to have a match with Serpentico and AEW uh kind of show that story of trainer versus trainee. Um kind of show them how much I've risen and can finally beat the uh teacher, student beats the teacher type deal. Um again, I'm not a dream match kind of guy. I'm a storyline kind of guy. So I want it to make sense for why I'm wrestling someone. I don't want to just be like he's cool. Let me wrestle him. Like for instance Matt Cardona, he has the internet title. Yeah. I was on a rea- I was on a reality show. Um, I think there's a story that could work there. Um, Enzo, he, uh, he's he got his crazy uh, personality, his crazy hair. I also have the mullet. Get me against Pillman Jr. or, or Enzo, and I'll have a mullet versus mullet match real quick. Um, WWE, Logan Paul. I mean, uh, Logan Paul and The Miz are obviously the probably the first two you would think of. Uh, again, I would say I'd rather tag with The Miz then wrestle the miz but if we want to do a pass in the torch type of moment then i'll take the miz home.
1: i'm so happy honestly that you said enzo i think enzo is fantastic on the mic he's he's oh. the man the man can speak on the microphone but i i watched some of your matches and you're in ring gear to me like when i saw it i was like it it screamed Enzo, like it, it had like an Enzo like feel, you know, but you also had, uh, you know, one of your single matches in February that I had watched, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the jacket that you had mm-hmm. on, you know, kind of screamed Seth Rollins to me, you know, you making history being at WWE and AEW the, the, the red jacket, you know, you yeah, had it, yeah. it, 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 you know, in, in the glasses uh, you know, the glasses kind of reminded me of uh, an early HBK.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, know? I mean, the thing is, if you want to draw comparisons, you want to draw comparisons to the people that are at the top, people that do the best. When you, like, Enzo's gear stands out. Everyone remembers what Enzo wore, when, especially when he's in the WWE. There's yeah. a reason why. It's because he had this crazy character, so we had the crazy gear. He stood out. You're, you watched WWE for the first time, and Enzo's on that show. You're going to go home, and you're going to remember Enzo. So I'm yeah. going to wear the crazy gear that Enzo wears, so that way you go to your indie show, the one guy you're going to remember is going to be me. Seth Rollins. Everyone remembers. Everyone remembers the suits he wears, the big jackets he wears. So I'm going to wear a big jacket, and you're going to remember me. Shawn Michaels, you attribute greatness. People call him the GOAT the Shawn Michaels. I'm going to look like I am the goat. I'm going to look like I'm the best at my craft. And otherwise you wouldn't think of me as the best of my craft. But if I present myself that way, you're going to be like, Oh man, he must be really good. So it's all just pulling. If you want to pull from somewhere, you got to pull from the top.
1: I like that. I like that a lot. Um, now you had said that uh, you were able to cross two off your list, you know, with Lindsay and, you know, did you go to them uh like after the match and uh ask for any advice or anything like that from those guys? Or yeah, Those any- guys
0: those guys are great. Um Lindsay actually uh took us all out to dinner afterwards and paid paid the full bill. I can't thank him enough. Dude's a stand up guy. Um, but yeah, we went to dinner afterwards. We just talked about talked about the match, really broke it down, and it was awesome to hear from him. Awesome. To, awesome to spend that time with the younger guy that he didn't have to it's just like they're still good guys in the business you know
1: yeah yeah um you know when it comes to the stuff that you're doing now you would uh on your youtube channel you you broke up with your tag team partner mike reed what caused the split correct well the
0: thing is i was tagging with him before my netflix show came out okay And I knew the show was coming out. He did it. So I was trying to kind of like test him a little bit. I was like, all right, let's be a tag partner because he's been around the block. He's been in Ring of Honor. He's traveled all across the U.S. Um, So I was like, you know what? Let's try to make this tag team work. He's got the white fur vest. I got the white fur coat. I was like, we could really have something here. The veteran, the upcoming rising star, it could work. But he kept pushing back on it, kept pushing back on it. And there was a little bit of like miscommunication. And then all of a sudden my Netflix show comes out and then I see my, Hey Randy, how's it going? You ready for our tag match tonight? I can get us some bookings as a tag team over here. Oh, now you want to be my tag team partner. So after, after I saw he was just trying to use me, I turned on him before he turned on me. I'm not dealing with that kind of like riding coattails. I'm not about it.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I, I totally get it. I get that i wouldn't want someone riding off my success either
0: yeah and it's just clear he's trying to um one last grasp at the big time and he knows i'm his meal ticket and i'm not gonna let him drag me down
1: right. well right on um you know when it comes to tag team matches singles matches is there a preference do you prefer tag team over singles singles over tag team Uh, I prefer, I'll say a tag team match is easier
0: Four people. Don't have to be in the ring all the time. I get to take my breaks. Singles matches are a lot more fun. You can get a lot more creative with the stories you tell. Um, I'm I definitely prefer to be a singles wrestler because again, tag match four people singles match, two people, one winner. I get the whole spotlight. Everything's about me in a singles match tag team. So much going on. You may forget about some people. You can't, sh- can't share the spotlight with everyone. So singles match, spotlights on me. All I have to focus is on, on is my opponent and makes it so much easier. So tag match, you get the breaks, tag in and out. Don't get blown up. Um, singles match, you get all the glory. So give and take.
1: Okay. I- I'm actually really glad that you brought up being a fan of the storytelling aspect of of the wrestling world, because I want to know being an independent wrestler, how important do you think it is for independent companies to have the storytelling in their shows, but also how important do you think it is for them to utilize social media uh, for the storytelling because not every fan can make every show to like keep up with what's going on
0: right right yeah this is probably going to um hurt my future bookings but i hate independent wrestling um a lot of the shows are just like all right these are the guys showed up you wrestle him you wrestle him you wrestle him you wrestle him all right we have 10 matches that's the end of the show all right why am i wrestling him Why does the crowd need to cheer me, boo him, whatever it may be? Why does this guy get a title shot? Why is this guy in the first match? Have Things make sense. And um, the shows that I've been wrestling at recently have been able to tell those stories. Like me with Mike Reed, my partner, we had our big breakup. And it is difficult because it's not like WWE where everyone's tuning in weekly to see what happens next. You may have someone just stroll in for the first time come to one show never come back come to one show come two shows later so i do think social media is important to keep people up to date with what they missed posting matches on youtube posting clips posting snippets kind of like getting like a maybe a 30 second like video package before matches to kind of like understand what the story is going in um i think the story is the most important part of wrestling and a lot of independent promotions have lost that aspect of it. They just focus on putting on matches for the crowd when it's so much more than that.
1: Yeah. Um, I have to, I, I agree a hundred percent with everything you just said. I've gone to a lot of independent shows and at some point it's your first time going to that show. Right. When you don't know who any of the wrestlers are. You don't know the background stories and there's nothing there so like i don't want to say like if i was an independent booker because like now i know a bunch of independent bookers are going to come at me with this when i say this but like i would do a preview of the last show in the beginning like a video package right that up you know so like if you're a new fan you're you're up to date on what happened the last time but then you also have a better understanding of why these matches are going on tonight that you're here for and then do your show, you know, right, that... 100%. but um, I, I think it's a, a lost, I think the storytelling is a lost art on the independent scene. And and it, it, it's sad because for me as a kid, I'm sure as you can see behind me, I've got all the, all the toys from when I was a kid, the Hasbro's here. Right. The storytelling is what made it. You, you, without the storytelling where's where's you know where's the ring psychology you know that jake the snake roberts is infatuated with and i am too because if you don't have good storytelling you're not going to have good ring psychology to it right and And then it's just a match
0: i do enjoy the challenge of indie wrestling i guess because when you show up and then just say all right It's you versus you, you versus you, you versus you. All right, how do we make a story out of that? How do we convey a story of we're both standing in the ring. The crowd has no idea who either of us are. How can we tell a story and get him cheered cheered, or me cheered, him booed or me booed? And that makes it more challenging. So I feel like in the long run, it'll be beneficial to wrestle on the indies. But I also feel like there's a better way to do things
1: yeah I, I I agree to that now um when it comes to your your personal bookings, uh have you primarily just stayed around Florida or uh have you gone to other states and, and if not uh are you willing to to travel to other states or you know even other countries?
0: Yeah um pretty much just Florida. I had a few bookings in Alabama. And I got a few bookings coming up in Georgia, so I'm starting to spread out. But uh, I'm really excited to travel. I want to get all around the U.S. Because I know you get kind of used to the same scene in Florida. And I know there's, like, different types of crowds, different kinds of styles of wrestling in the northeast, in L.A., the west coast. Um, The south that isn't Florida, like Florida is the north of the south. There's a different kind of um, wrestling in the south-south. So I want to kind of experience all that all over the place in the country. And obviously, um, just if you watch Clash at the Castle, uh, UK fans are insane. I really want to get in front of the UK crowd.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, that show last night was incredible. Yeah. Those fans, I mean, it also been since, what, 1992 that they've had a, a big show like that over in the UK from, you know, yeah, summers. Summer. Davey Boy and Brett, mm-hmm. that was a great pay per view, and 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 hundred percent. To me, those are the crowds that I love. Um, I think as an independent wrestler, I think you have a harder time, you know, trying to generate heat from the crowd. So, how has it been for you? Uh, you know, generating heat at an independent show uh for
0: me it is extremely it's extremely easy in the beginning because i walk out i have the ridiculous fur coat i have the ridiculous blonde mullet with red beard and people are just like this guy's an asshole boo 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 maybe i get on the mic talk about how i'm better because i'm on netflix boo 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 but throughout the match i feel like trying to be that obnoxious asshole i i'm trying to pull back on this but i do like entertaining type of like shit where they start like laughing and that's not the reaction I want. I want them booing. I don't want them laughing with me. I want them laughing at me. If that makes sense. So, yeah. um, it's very different. It, it's easier if you have a really likable guy in the ring, but if you don't have really someone to work off of, they're just going to see, Oh, this guy's entertaining. I like him. Rather than, Oh, this guy's obnoxious and this guy's entertaining. Um, so I got to work on feeling out the crowd with who I'm wrestling and how, what levels I can go to based on who I'm wrestling.
1: I'd say that's the biggest challenge. There was two spots in matches I watched of yours that I really liked. One was a tag team match. You'd set the guy up, and you were going to do a six-one-nine. You even say it, six-one-nine. You run to the ropes, and then you just kind of stop looked around and instead of doing the 619, you just kicked his hand because it was yeah. on the rope. You know, I thought that was like a really clever spot. You know, a really good heelish work to make the fans boo you. And then the other one, uh, it looked like you were going to do like Dusty's bionic elbow. And you done the thing with your hands and then you just kind of stopped and just smacked him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um I'd say that's the majority of my heat is what, what I've basically learned from my trainers is you need to act like you're giving the people what they want and yep. they pull the rug right out from underneath them. So a big thing, like everyone loves a six, one, nine. If I was actually going to do a six, one, nine, I wouldn't get the people to chant six, one, nine. I would just do the move, but yeah. because I want the people to get excited for a six, one, nine, I'll actually say it out loud six, one, nine in a condescending way. And they're like, oh, wow, 619, really? Everyone knows that move. Let's go. Like, even the people that just, like, showed up to one show that, like, oh, I know that Rey Mysterio guy. He's got a mask. 619. Hell yeah. Now I'm into the match. And then you pull it away from him. Now that guy that wasn't really paying attention, he's pissed. Because he's like, the one thing I actually knew about wrestling. And he didn't even <laughs> do it. God damn.
1: Yeah, right? I Those are two spots I had watched. And I was like, wow, that's... I liked it. So, you know, that was awesome when I when I watched that. And, and, and you said in one of your promos, bringing up Netflix and everything. When I did MTV True Life, they filmed for a 20-minute spot. They came up for four months. So you guys are out in the woods. Your show is eight episodes. Uh, I believe in your Q&A, you said you guys were there a total of, like three to four weeks, close it to a was, month.
0: Yeah, it was so we were still in like a little bit of the COVID era,
1: mm-hmm. so we
0: had to, we had to go to the UK, quarantine for ten days, and then we had eighteen days of filming. So we were there for about a month.
1: Okay, and did they film? Like 24 seven, like around the clock or were they like, Hey, we're going to film this break, film, this break, film, this break.
0: No. Yeah. It, they weren't able to have like the big brother cameras in the house and stuff because we were outdoors. So yeah. we would have um, times to film and times to not film, but they would make sure like, for instance, if we were like off filming and I was in the kitchen with like, let's say Devin and we were having a serious conversation. They always had like, we always had our mics on. So they would be able to hear. So we would just hear like from the distance, like, stop talking, stop talking. And they would rush over with the cameras and be like, all right, continue your conversation. So they were like filming hours, but if anything interesting started to happen, they would rush over and try to film it.
1: Okay. Um, Like when I did my my reality show, uh, producers would try and I don't want to say manipulate situations or conversations to like steer what they wanted. Uh, did anything like that happen with you guys Did they try and do anything like that? Or was it just, everything was just like natural conversations. And it seems like it was more natural because if they asked you to stop and then come over.
0: Right. Yeah. That was the, that was the main thing that kind of, the only thing that was kind of weird would be like, we would be having a conversation and then halfway through they'd be like, Oh no, stop. We need to film this. So then we'd have to kind of start the conversation over again. Yeah. So that was probably the only like weird thing. And then in the beginning when like we come out of those Jeeps and like we're in the wilderness, we don't know what is going on. Like the producers would kind of like help us out in the beginning to get used to it because we'd be like talking to each other, but we'd just be staring directly at the camera. Just mm-hmm. like no idea. So getting used to like the cameras being there in the beginning was probably like the only weird
1: part. Yeah. And you had said in the show itself like you were already wrestling and stuff uh but we didn't get them like showing a lot of that did you talk a lot about what you were doing wrestling wise with with the rest of the cast and
0: yeah yeah so um a lot of the people had like background intros and they only they only aired a couple of them but my whole intro was about how like my parents were kind of upset that i was in pro wrestling rather than um like pre-med or med school trying to be a doctor so that was like the whole story of the reason why i was on was because i was a wrestler so a lot of my conversations in the show kind of like were veered toward wrestle toward wrestling but yeah. i think because like now watching it back seeing like what my role was on the show they didn't really necessarily i don't want to be like crude but like they didn't care about my arc i was kind of there to be like the funny haha guy
1: yeah yeah um i remember all the 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 show openers and stuff and uh like some people had like where they were from and then other ones didn't have anything at all on there i think solomon was one on his uh when they when they did his like about him type stuff like it didn't have uh where he was from because i would text my friend and we would watch the show, but like text each other while watching it, because she she recommended the show, and I was like, yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll check this out. It seems like a cool show. And uh, I think his was one of the first ones that actually came up.
0: I think it, I think it was the first or second, yeah.
1: Did and because she goes, she asked me, she goes, did uh, did it say where he was from? And I go, I don't think it did because the first one did, but his didn't. And then after that one, I think the next one did. But yeah, that was the other thing I found weird with the show, not everybody had like that showcase.
0: Yeah, it was very odd because we all we all filmed one. We all had a background thing yeah. filmed before we went over. I guess it was just more so like who they wanted to focus on on either that episode or um maybe because they were in the finals or something like that they got one.
1: No the The three hosts, how much were they around, besides from filming? Like, were they around you guys a lot, or did they just uh, come in spots and? So they actually stayed at the
0: uh, the lake house across the lake from us. Mm-hmm. So they would come by and visit every now and then, but really, they were kind of just coming in for the challenges and stuff like that, and then would be out. So they were pretty much challenge exclusive.
1: Okay. If there was anyone on Snowflake Mountain that you could have a one-on-one match with, who would it be and why? Um, I'll tell you. I'll say
0: I'm not supposed to speak ill of anyone on the show, so I'll say um, if you can guess it, I'll say yes or no. Or I'll say no or
1: say nothing. Okay. I mean, I'm not thinking like saying anything negative about the person just just to someone have a, a match with uh i would expect most fans would want me to say devin but i'm not going to do that <laughs> um one of i'm I'm just gonna throw a name out there i i know it's not who it would be but uh i thought he was really entertaining on the show i'm gonna go with liam
0: liam okay yeah
1: i think if
0: you really want that good, um, I think that would be a good dynamic for a match. He's a very happy, um, positive spirit. Uh, I can't think of it, would be
1: like a good heel versus face match. Is yes, like the I'm
0: trying to think of the guy he reminds me of in wrestling, and I cannot think of his name for the life of me. So he comes out to the uh Madonna music, Currently? uh, uh like- maybe. I know he was on Impact. He's a UK guy. Oh. Oh, uh, it's it's going to bother me. I'm sure people that listen are like screaming.
1: Yeah, yelling, they're screaming like, come yeah, on, they're gonna be come screaming on. the name at us, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I'll have to look it up. It it'll, uh, it'll yes. So, yeah.
0: yes, if someone comments the name like ah, uh, I like I know who it is. I know who he is. I just I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. But yes. I think Liam would be a great... Like, as soon as Liam comes out, you know everyone's going to be cheering for him. So yeah. I think that would be a really easy and fun match.
1: Yeah. Now, if there was someone in the cast that you would be in a tag team with, who would you pick and why?
0: Ooh, tag team. Um, hmm. I would say... I think I would do Sonny. I think Sonny can give the... uh a nice like orange Cassidy vibe and be the straight man to my over the top personality. And that could be a fun, uh, interaction there for a tag match.
1: That would, that'd be really cool. I, I dig that. Uh, if you could pick a manager, who, who would you want for a manager?
0: Manager. Are we still going snowflake mountain or anyone in wrestling?
1: Let's go with anyone in wrestling on this one. This is uh this is one that would I think really interesting if we go wrestling. You can pick someone from Snowflake Mountain too, if you want. You can pick one of each. Go with someone in wrestling and then someone from the show. How about that? All right, all right. I'll say
0: in wrestling, I would want Hmm, man, that's tough. The thing is, like I'd say one of my Top attributes is my ability to uh cut a promo, be able to talk. So I never really think about like the manager aspect. So it would be fun. I'm trying to think of someone that would be fun to play off of. Like when Sami Zayn was a manager, I think that would be a fun um interaction there. I think Sami Zayn would be one easy. I think also, mm, man. Rick Flair, I'm going Rick Flair. Okay, yeah, I'll you, I'll give him his I'll give him his last 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 match after we break up and split ooh. from Man to Clyde. Ooh,
1: his his last 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 match, right? <laughs> that would be that'd be incredible. I mean, that's you're two over the top guys can cut great promos the aesthetics of the ring gear are both phenomenal. I, yeah, I could see that. That'd be a great match.
0: I think if he tries to, if he wants to build up a new little niche, I think that would be a good storyline.
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Randy, I've had a blast speaking with you today. And before I go, uh, I want to give a special thanks to, uh, my friend Megatron, uh, Thanks for recommending watching this show. I've had a lot of fun, Randy. Uh, I would like for you to take this time to plug all your social media, let fans know where they can find you coming up in in indie shows coming up, and uh, anything else you'd like to to throw at them, by all means, the floor is yours.
0: Yeah. um, Instagram, Randy underscore Wentworth tiktok randy underscore wentworth youtube randy wentworth twitter randy wentworth seven because randy wentworth one two three four five and six were taken uh, you don't have to memorize any of that just go to one of my socials click the link in my bio i do the thing where you have all the socials in one place um, as far as wrestling is concerned i'll be in a CoE and fort myers in the coming weeks so if you're in that area if you're in the florida area I'll be in your area soon. Again, check, check the Insta. I'll be promoting the shows there.
1: Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. You can find all our socials. Just search us, Perched on the Top Rope. And same with the podcast. Always remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching that video.
0: If you liked what you
1: saw make sure you hit the like button and make sure you hit subscribe so you can get all our content here at perched on the top Row. and fans remember spoiler freeze the way to be I'm out mm-hmm.